Welcome once again to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. I'm Darren Long. Beside me is Jeremy Wiseman. It is jam-packed. Jeremy, we got a lot to get through this week. The numbers to call, folks, if you're interested in finding out more about how to get in to an investment of other gold, silver, or natural fancy colored diamonds. And if you're fortunate enough to be in a position, all three, the number to call is one eight seven seven eight silver it's one eight seven seven eight silver. You'll hear it often through the show. We've been doing this show, Jeremy, now in our ninth year. This is an exciting way to communicate with the public at large. Our clients listen to this show. It's a show about precious metals, folks. It's all about gold, silver, natural fancy colored diamonds. The website is guildhallwealth.com. It's an exciting time, Jeremy, for metals right now because everybody is in agreement. They don't know the timeline, but they've seen the patterns. The charts are showing it to us. The warning signs are being flashed in the markets at large, which is not great for everyone, but we're going to talk a little bit about that in the show. It's an exciting time to be buying gold and silver right now. So this week on the show, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about what we said last week is a problem. It's now apparent inflation. It's rearing its ugly head. It's something we've talked about in a long, long time. And it's something we feel has been prevalent for a long, long time. We've talked about food inflation. We've talked about monetary inflation. We've talked about oil inflation and the effects and impacts that that has on gold and silver going higher. And mark my word, it's been there in the background serving as... Your inflation rebate? Now the inflation rebate. It's been serving in the background as an impetus for higher prices in gold and silver. So this is a great way to extend this discussion into this week's show. We're going to be talking about the drivers of higher rates of inflation. We're also going to be talking a little bit about, as your cell phone is ringing there, my good friend, we're going to be talking a little bit about whether or not we are buying the Bureau of Labor Statistics information on the recent job reports. We're going to be touching base on the next debt crisis, where we expect to see it coming from, where it might be hiding right now, and five signs of a U.S. economy collapse in 2018. What will happen and how to prepare? I brought this article. It's a featured article. It's on our LinkedIn group. We'll probably put it into our Precious Metals newsletter, which is free for you, the listener. All you have to do is go to the website, guildhallwealth.com, get that weekly newsletter. It's invaluable. It's packed full of information and it is free to you. This is an article that I got from Investment Watch and it's five signs of a U.S. economic collapse and why they believe this might start happening in 2018. Jeremy, we're going to get started right off the bat with the number one reason they suggest, number one sign they suggest will lead to a downturn in the economy. And that is growing government debt. As of October 31st, 2017, the amount of debt in the U.S. is approximately 20.4 trillion. This is the debt we have on paper. Every man, woman, and child owing somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 to 55,000 U.S. per person, every man, woman, child. Of course, this article talks about the goal is to lower that debt and they'll need to do that at some point from its current balance. We don't believe it. We don't think it's going to happen. Trump's going to well, print. There, there's two ways to there's two ways to lower the debt. There's um, lowering interest rates, right, to zero, for example. So you're not paying any interest on the debt, or you print a lot of money 
And as Greenspan always said, the U.S. will never fail to pay its debt. They just can't guarantee the purchasing power of the dollar when they do. Okay, so the latter one is in effect the way we think this is going. They anticipate that there's going to be as much as a climb of almost $4 trillion worth of additional debt this year alone. And this seems to be the case through Trumponomics uh, for the next foreseeable few years with debt just basically piling up with no repayment plans. And we talked about it on last week's show, how that effectively gets dealt with by having the U.S. dollar lose value, the index against other currencies. That's one way we can control debt. But with these plans to not so much hide the debt, but just to go ahead with this plan that Trump has to better the economy, it costs money to do these things, to build walls and do all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Which, He's just not going to hide it anymore. It's just going to be blatantly out there. We're going to spend. Well, in this case, they're spending it and actually putting some people to work, which would be a good thing. Sure. The question is, is what, what are the benefits in terms of how much you spend to get the GDP back, right? What's the percentage of how much you're spending and what you're getting back? Um, it's probably a lot to get very little, yeah, what are and, the, the future limitations of that? Right? Yeah, exactly. And then I think ultimately, right now, if you spoke to anyone on the street, they'd say, well, you know, we can keep growing the debt in perpetuity. It doesn't seem to have been an issue thus far. So why should it continue to be a, a, a problem in the future? And that's where the interest rates start to trickle in and be a major issue. Because again, when the interest rates were at zero for so long, you could keep growing the debt because it didn't have any, uh, there was no reaction to it in terms of having to pay back the interest on it. But what happens when interest rates start climbing and you eventually have to pay back the debt at higher interest rates? Um, I was looking at those rates recently and, and noticing how when just before the dot-com bubble, interest rates were actually quite high. They were above 8%. Greenspan dropped them down to near zero for a couple years after the dot-com bubble. And then he tried to build them back up. And we remember those days because that was uh, during an inflationary time. They'd raise interest rates. People, the market in gold could go down that day, could go up that day. And then all of a sudden people realized, well, if they're raising rates, there's an expectation of inflation. Well, Greenspan never got those rates back up to where they were before the dot-com bubble. And then he handed the reins over to Bernanke. There was the subprime crisis. They dropped them back down to zero. They're up to what, maybe just over 1%. I don't even, to be honest, I, I, I don't follow it that much because a quarter percent here, quarter percent there doesn't make a difference. But if you look at the Fred chart, you can see it's barely off the mat. And you're sitting there saying, do you think they're going to get anywhere near Greenspan's normalized rates before the next major crisis hits, while the debts today are triple the size that they were when Greenspan was the chairman of the Federal Reserve. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver Call that number. You're going to get a free investment package, an opportunity to meet with us in office to discuss your goals as they relate to gold and silver, the questions you have about how it works, the type of bullion you might want to own. Do I have gold in bars? Do I have it in coins, silver in bars, coins? Am I going to store that product in a depository account where it's safely secured and insured in my name with title and where I'm going to be able to visit my product? Do I want to take it home? Am I buying a small quantity, in which case maybe I'm just going to the e-store at guildhallwealth.com and putting it on there? Or am I taking that a step further and putting it into 
a registered account. It is indeed that time of year, folks, and we are getting a little bit complacent time-wise if we're leaving this to the last second. It does take a little while to open up an account, and if you are looking at putting this into an RSP of any type, maybe uh, you're looking to do a spousal this year or maybe contribute more to your own RRSP, you can actually put physical gold and silver into those accounts. It's very easy to do. It's a straightforward account and it will require a little bit of time to get that account set up and moved. And if you already have an RRSP and you'd like to use a portion of it to put into gold and silver, we can help you with that as well. The number is one 78 silver or guildhallwealth.com is the website. And remember right now for every 5,000 US that you put into the market to work for you, we're happy to oblige by giving you one free gram of gold up to a maximum of 10. That's just our way of saying thank you for coming aboard. Now, Jeremy, big drivers. First one, of course, talking about the idea that uh, if this if this printing continues and the economy slows down, there may effectively be no tools left in the toolbox for the Federal Reserve in the U.S. to control the outcome as much as they have using interest rates. If we look at what you were just talking about, uh, there are big drivers of inflation. And one of those, as you said, is the rising interest rates. One of the problems that they're suggesting is probably going to take more of uh, a central theme during 2018 is the notion that the bond market has been a safe place to put money for a very long time. And now the bond market has been stair-stepping lower, meaning yields are moving higher. And in February... Uh, key technical levels were breached as 30-year Treasury yields surged above 3%, and a lot of analysts are now saying that a new secular rise in interest rates to be uh, underway is going to be the norm. And you just said it yourself, we're not really focusing in on uh, making certain we know exactly where every little interest rate move is going to be, how much that is. We just know that this is the new theme. It's the new norm. We've come off the bottom of those low interest rates. It's getting more expensive to own everything, and those interest rates are going to go higher and higher. We're not about to see an about face and lower interest rates again. Well, this is this is uh, another topic that's becoming part of the debate on mainstream financial media, which is if the bond uh, yields are rising, then does that start to create a, com- a competition for chasing yield in the stock market? Remember, when interest rates are at near zero, where do you get your yield unless it's really high paying dividend risk stocks or you're just putting it into equities and hoping that the prices rise? And of course, I mean, when companies are buying back their own stock and pushing the stock prices up, it can start to become easy. Although we did talk last week about why the pension funds haven't been able to make a ton of money and make back what they need for future uh, engagements down the road um, is beyond me. But that's uh, that's a, a different point. The, the mainstream media is trying to put across this idea that the stock market has comfortably recovered from its its uh, instability last week and its volatility of last week and the week before. And it's just going to continue to go up in perpetuity, no issues here. And if the bond market is rising in, in price, in, in interest, that it's not going to be a competitor to the stock market either. And I, look, at the end of the day, we believe that it's important to have a hedge in your portfolio because you don't always know what's going to happen. If you could predict that the stock market was going to go down, 
a couple weeks ago, then you would have you would have sold. But chances are, if you were in the stock market, you didn't. It just it hit you sideways. And so the best laid plans, right? You just don't know. And that's why it's important to have some tangible assets as part of your portfolio. And just before we go to break, Darren, um, there was an interesting chart out this week showing the difference in some food pricing um, between 2007 and, and 2017. And um, I guess we'll get more into that in the next segment where we'll just show the price differences on things like ground beef and ice cream and potatoes and just what the changes have been over a decade and just think about how much how f- how far $100,000 goes 10 years ago versus today 18778silver guildhallwealth.com is the website lots to talk about including what you just said Jeremy and much much more here at the real money show and you are listening to it with guildhall wealth management on global radio 640 toronto Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. The number to call is one eight seven seven eight silver The website is guildhallwealth.com. And folks, we're proud of that website. There's a lot of information there. Great way for you to connect with our firm, make the request for an investment package. If you're not ready to give us a call directly, by all means, though, if you want to use that number and call one eight seven seven eight silver we will set up an appointment of time to answer your questions There is no harm in asking those questions, and there is no question that is too silly to ask. Only answers, folks, only answers. But that is something that we're proud of. That is a great website. And Jeremy, before we went to break, we were talking about an article that we brought this week called Five Signs of a U.S. Economy Collapse in 2018. It's from the Investment Watch blog. It's a great article. We're going to have it uh, in our Uh, letter of the week, the Precious Metals newsletter, as well as on our LinkedIn uh, site, the group that we have there, Guildhall Wealth Management Group. And the third sign that 2018 will be a rough year is what they're saying about the unemployment rate. Now, I brought two articles, the one that I just referenced and another one from Zero Hedge asking this week, quite simply, do you believe in BLS unicorns? BLS is the short form for the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and it's in the U.S. basically what gives us the week-to-week unemployment numbers. And they show a chart which says there has been 55.6 inflation over the last 20 years, and this is just less than a 2.4 annual level inflation, way higher than they say. And it's talking about other things, but it's also pointing out, as you said before break, uh, a lot about what has happened price-wise. And this relates to how numbers change and how you have to dig behind the headlines, folks, because as it relates to unemployment and inflation, we don't quite often get the whole story. Now, before we go to that chart and talk about food prices, Jeremy, which is a great place to start to discuss inflation, and how it's impacted us more than what they have said, we'll look at an employment rate and back to that original blog article that we brought with us. And it says, this is the third reason we believe there will be an economic collapse in 2018. It says since the last recession in 2008, the unemployment rate has improved dramatically in the US. For instance, in September of 2009, the unemployment rate stood at 9.8%. In September of 2017, that rate changed to 4.2%. And of course, this is great because it means a smaller percentage of individuals are unemployed. 
They quote the source for that as being the labor force statistics. Those are U.S. statistics, U.S. statistics from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and they got that in October of last year. They go on to say, however, when digging into the number, there are a few misconceptions, the first being the percentage of individuals not looking for work. Back in September of 2009, the number of eligible workers looking for work was about 65%. In September 2017, the participation rate has dropped to 63.1%. Having a lower participation rate means that fewer individuals are looking for work and will not contribute to the economy. What this means, folks, is that when they report unemployment numbers, those folks that have stopped getting social assistance are eligible to work, could be in full-time careers or part-time positions, but have no longer been counted towards the unemployment rate. Now, this is how, folks, they paint a different picture than the one that we're about to tell you. If you go to shadowstats.com, that's shadowstats.com, and it is a subscription service, but it's well worth it, you will read countless articles about the truth behind unemployment rates. And this is to suggest without without really passing judgments, without bias, that the unemployment rate in the U.S. and in Canada, because we do the same thing here, is a lot higher than they report. And in some states, can be as high as 18 to 20%. Yeah, what that website is doing is they're calculating the same... Uh, employment numbers and whatnot using the older versions of the calculations. So they, in this case, they are including the discouraged workers to get a sense of exactly how many people are unemployed. So when you do look at things like that, it's, you know, you're getting such conflicting information out of the news networks these days. And, and you know, listen to our show, if anything, just to get at least a different side of, of the story because in the States, they're just going to keep telling you everything is hunky-dory and the stock market's going to go up forever and interest rates are a good thing and inflation's under control. But, you know, look, here we said we'd tell you some numbers about inflation. There's been a couple articles that have posted this chart that came from Zero Hedge. And uh, sugar, for example, has gone in the last 10 years. In 2007, it was uh, 51 cents. Today, it's 65 cents. It's a 27 and a half increase. Flour, um, all-purpose flour, 36 cents to 52 cents. That's a 44% increase. Uh, your regular sliced bacon has gone from 366 to 579. That's uh, actually over 58%. And ice cream, we did promise we would say what how much ice cream has gone up, and it's gone from uh, 395 up to 470. That's a 19% increase. Now, isn't that interesting? We all have seen that, those little tiny increases on on those type of uh, perishable items, they don't seem to make a big big uh, crunch on the pocketbook or they don't make uh, too much of a dent over a longer period of time. You witness it. You go, oh, okay, you know what? Prices are creeping up here and there. We can handle it. But at the end of the day, again, 10 years on, look at the inflation rates on, on, these, on these consumer goods. And we're not talking about shrinkflation where packaging is getting smaller. Yet, on the other hand, if we look at gold in Canadian dollars, gold in 2007 was around $937 Canadian. Today, it's about $1,691 Canadian, which is an increase of 180%, which is an average of 18% a year over the last uh, 10 years. And this is what we're talking about. You hold some gold in your portfolio 
because you know prices are going to continue to rise and you have some of it, some gold in your portfolio simply as a way to continue to protect wealth and for your your purchasing power to grow in that section of your portfolio alone. It's not the only investment that you should make. We're not investment advisors, but we do understand the benefits of having an actual tangible asset. And what we've seen by holding gold over the last 10 years, just alone against inflation of food, as an example, what a perfect thing to hold. 180% increase in an asset is exactly what you want. You sell a couple ounces and you're getting back all of the, the extra food costs that you've outlaid over the last 10 years. One eight seven seven eight silver or guildhallwealth.com. Either of those will get you through to us. That will allow you to get yourself a free investor kit, get yourself onto the Precious Metals newsletter, our weekly contribution to you that comes out free of charge. We're happy to provide it for you. If you're looking to get into a registered account, now is the time, folks. If you're listening, don't procrastinate any further. This is the time. The deadline's quickly approaching. It does take the better part of about 10 to 12 days, business days, to get into the market through Guildhall using these types of accounts, but it's very easy to set up. And if you are a brand new RRSP contributor, it might only take as little as about three days to get that that account open, but you can put gold and silver into your registered accounts, even Liras and even locked-in accounts, locked-in RSPs. We've done lots of them. You can put it into a TFSA. Now, one thing that is important to note, for every 5,000 US you put into these registered accounts, we're going to give you a free gram of gold that's free of charge. We'll send it right directly to you. And it is our way of saying thank you for coming aboard. Now, Jeremy, we were talking about the BLS, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and coupling that with some discussion about inflation. Let me tell you what Zero Hedge had to say. And for those that read articles from Zero Hedge, their, their uh, kind of mainstay creator, uh, coins himself as Tyler Durden. And Tyler Durden is a name you might or might not recognize. I'll leave that up to you to figure out who it is. Anyways, he writes constantly, and this website has become a huge site of information, a wealth of information, if you will. And quite frequently, this will be where we might go to find out what's behind the headlines. Well, he's talking about the BLS and their unemployment numbers. And he said, look, let's couple that with inflation. And let's just look and do the smell test to see if this passes. I won't repeat what he says in his very first part of his paragraph on uh, examination of these claims of standardized inflation that's been measured and very effectively been next to nothing, which should come as no surprise. That's what a government will say. But he says, let's look at a couple of categories listed below on a chart he provides and do a smell test. Everyone knows the prices of TVs have fallen dramatically, but 99%, I don't think so. I was able to find the price of a 28-inch Samsung TV in 1997. It was $750 US. The same size Samsung TV today costs 200 That's a 73% decrease. The good old BLS says the decrease is really 99% because the new TV does so much more. They call this a hedonic adjustment. So by using and manipulating the data, essentially what they're saying is we can talk about some things that have not in fact inflated, but have actually gone down. But when we practice apples to apples, put dollars to dollars, the same TV today costs, it is less 
but not what they say. Right. It's so about again, it's added value. Manipulation. They're adding value. Sure. To it's the... got an extra button or it's a smart TV. So we make a hedonic adjustment. Now, before we go to break, let's just try one more. The BLS shows, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, show the cost of housing up about 56% over the last 20 years. Here are a couple indisputable facts from the same government peddling this inflation drivel. The average new home cost $175,000 in 1997 in the U.S. The average new home in 2017 now costs $380,000. For the math challenged, that is a 117% increase. The average monthly rent in 1997 was $576. In 2017, it's $1,021. That's a 77% increase. They're telling you 56%. They're saying, hey, maybe it's not exactly perfect math, but when you're talking about one quarter, 25% difference in these numbers that they're trying to relate to the public, that's a huge difference. So when we're talking about reasons to be prepared in why Jeremy is indicating to you as an investor, you can never sense the onset of this global problem. You'll never see it happen. You'll never see it coming. Inflation takes grip, and within 24 months, you could go from 2 or 3% to 15 to 20%. And nobody would blink an eye. We'd all deal with it. We'd all pay the higher prices. But believe me, your life will change. And even an example, uh, looking at rents in Toronto, where, where we're living, rents have gone up easily 150% in the last 10 years, comfortably. I mean, you used to be able to get a pretty decent apartment for $1,000 or less, and now you're having to spend at least 2000 maybe upwards of $2,500 for renting today would be, you know, a 600, 700 square foot place or smaller. So we've definitely seen the inflation on the rental side of things as well. When we come back, I think, uh, Darren, we should talk about timing the market in precious metals, how to make sure you're going to capitalize and make the absolute most with your investment in the precious metals market. What do you think? I think it's a good place to start, Jeremy, and a good place to go. The number to call folks is one eight seven seven eight silver it's guildhallwealth.com. That's the fantastic website where you can go check everything out, gold and silver, natural fancy colored diamonds. And as Jeremy said, when we come back, a lot more to discuss. So stay tuned with us. We appreciate you listening. You're listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Here we go. Third segment, The Real Money Show. Welcome back. Thank you for staying tuned. A lot to talk about still left in this show. And Jeremy, before we left for the break, We indicated the direction we were heading, and we've been talking about the truth behind the headlines. We touched base specifically so far in the show on inflation rates, how they're going to impact gold and silver, definitely going much higher, folks. Believe us when we say it, we've been here in this market since 2002. We've seen this happen time and time again. They are pulling the wool over your eyes, and if you don't open those eyes, they will not stop continuing to try and get away with it. We have to make sense of our financial future. We have to ensure our wealth. One way to do that is to own physical gold, silver, natural fancy colored diamonds, whether it's home storage, whether you want to use our depository account, and we can do that quite easily. You can go there and visit it, see your product anytime you want, buy and sell by phone call, whether it's a registered account, as we talked about earlier, the deadline's approaching. Don't let it become a burden. Let us handle it for you. We'll open up those accounts with you. Be there every step of the way. Get gold and silver into your RRSP. Make that ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollar contribution, and don't think twice about it. It's a great place to start 
educating yourself by going to that website, guildhallwealth.com, get the investor package, get the free newsletter, get on that free newsletter. It's a weekly subscription and we're happy to send it out to everyone that wants a copy. Now, before we left, Jeremy, we were also discussing a little bit about the direction of the gold and silver market and and what we're going to see lying ahead. And in particular, I'm interested on your take about what you foresee as the near-term, maybe medium-term outlook of the overall global snapshot. What is going to uh, be some of the thematic or themes that we're going to be seeing in these markets? Cue music, let me look into my my crystal ball. Yes. Yes. Um, Look, last year, uh, the, the sentiment in the market was really about uh, getting up over the $1,200 mark in gold and U.S. dollars. And uh, are we going to sort of move beyond the worry side of the market? And we did that. We we did uh, have some problems at the beginning of last year holding support over $1,200. But by the end of the year, we did get uh, it, it, it. The trend shifted. The sentiment shifted to more about, okay, well, we actually ended up breaking through $1,300 a couple times. Are we going to manage to now break through that and stay above it? That was sort of the the general sea change of sentiment last year. This year, gold has maintained uh, over the $1,300 levels uh, so far for quite some time now, over two months at this point. And so that's very, very positive. And now you're starting to see headlines in the gold market about gold eventually comfortably getting over $1,400 this year. And that's that's a, another trend that we're seeing, this, this sort of stealth bull market in gold, where the market is quietly moving higher and higher. I think what we need to start paying attention to is that silver, when we look at the ratio, silver's ratio is nearing that 80 to 1 uh, ratio, which means that you need 80 ounces of silver to buy one ounce of gold. When you see those ratios get that far out of whack, you know that silver is incredibly undervalued. And you know that it's undervalued because you're you're looking at the gold market and you're saying, there's no way the gold market is overvalued. If we were to take gold versus the debt, gold versus the Dow, um, you would start to see, well, what's the value of gold? It's actually undervalued valued, even though it's been performing quite well. So definitely take a look at silver because that as an undervalued investment, um, it's important to be counterintuitive in, in many respects. And looking for value, precious metals are offering it. They are offering you a hedge against inflation. They're offering you protection against your uh, against portfolio um, ups and downs and volatility. And uh, you know that that is something that bothers me. I actually have to say, I don't mean to change subjects here, but I love how the the classic arguments against precious metals is that they're volatile. And I'm sitting there saying, well, show me something that doesn't move up and down every day, and I'll show you a GIC, and I'll show you that the return on that is is peanuts. There's always going to be ups and downs, but the the long term in the metals have been fantastic, and this is why we're we believe in them so much. But it you also have to think about ways to time the market too. Well, listen, let's put our hearts on our sleeves for a moment, if you will, and and since you're willing to do so, my particular area of expertise does fall into silver. 
and my clients know this, I have a bias. I'm not afraid to say it, folks. I love silver. It is the number one choice of asset for me, and I don't prescribe that to everybody. We're not here, as Jeremy said earlier, to be your financial planners or advisors, but let's just for a moment take stock of where we are. We're effectively dealing that we can all agree at least on the premise of, of uh, the fact that silver is considered a precious metal the world over. Now we deal in four of them, gold and silver you know, platinum and palladium you might not know, but we deal in all four metals. It is considered a precious metal. But if I look at the other three that are in that category of that we sell that are more commonly referred to as the group of four precious metals, platinum and palladium both trading up around a thousand an ounce. Gold trading at 1,330 plus an ounce, almost 1,335 an ounce right now, and silver trading at $16.60. So if I'm a layman person, I know nothing about silver and gold, already I'm asking the question, why in the heck is something considered to be precious only valued at $16 an ounce when all the other three are valued much, much higher? It's a great question. So let's delve into that a little bit. But first, as Jeremy said, <clears throat> what is the norm? And pardon me, folks, but what is the norm for where silver should be in relation to gold? Well, some pundits have opined that the more traditional ratio is 16 to 1. There have been arguments for that and against it. If we look back to the 70s, you can say effectively that when gold rose to $850 an ounce, silver rose to 52 an ounce, that is a ratio of 16 to 1, folks. We haven't seen it in our lifespan here as Guild Hall. We've seen as little as 32 to 1. Back in the high of 2011, we saw 32 to 1, and the average has been around 55 to 1. So if you just look at it from the value against gold, the layman person again says, okay, but you're telling me it's now at 80 to 1. So is that telling me that gold should go much, much, much lower, or that silver is way, way, way undervalued? Well, let's hold on to that thought for a second and take it a step further. Wear our heart on a sleeve a little bit more. Let's just investigate for one second why a guy like this who's talking to you on the radio and Jeremy here too and why Guildhall loves this asset so much and keeps saying we should own it. Well, not only is it insurance for your wealth, but if you look at silver and we apply that same logic to saying should silver go higher and gold stay where it is or should gold go lower and silver stay where it is to get that ratio back in whack, well, <clears throat> the argument for silver going lower doesn't hold much water, and I'll tell you why. Go and do some research on what it costs to pull an ounce of silver out of the ground. It's going to be astonishing for you to come to the conclusion that we already know, which is that we're very close to what it costs to bring an ounce of silver out of the ground. And if you take that a step further, what you probably didn't realize is that 80% of the 800 million or so ounces that come out of the ground of silver per year come primarily as a byproduct of gold and other types of mining. That's right, folks. We don't have new silver mines opening up all over the world. They're not scrambling to say, hey, silver's a great price. We can make a ton of money off this when they can use the same trucks, the same mining equipment, the same technology, the same processes, the same sluicing you see on Gold Rush every week to go and get an asset which is worth a whole lot more to them. So you're not seeing that happening. And that's been decades in the making, not months, not weeks, not even years, decades in the making. And it's not going to change anytime soon. So you've got 
an undervalued asset, some would argue extremely undervalued. You've got great opportunity because we're not at the peak of a market in comparison to where we've been in the most recent past, silver as high as $49 an ounce. How good would it feel to own silver now at 16 and sell it at 50 bucks? Yeah, it's a, it's also a question of the the uh, the cycles. You of know, precious metals had a major bull market from 2001 through to 2011, and we've consolidated over the last couple of years. Gold has slightly been moving higher. Silver has moved off its bottoms, and it looks like the impending inflation, the debts out there, um, the fact that the stock market. You know, let's be honest, it is overvalued in many respects that this could be the precipice of the next major bull market in precious metals. And the market currently is undervalued, especially on silver. So what a great time to be considering holding some physical precious metals as part of your portfolio. And to do that, it's very easy, folks. We laid it out on the line for you. If you follow up and read this story, either through our site or the countless other sites around the world that tell this story of silver and how good it actually is, you might not only want to own gold, something which you already know a lot about, you might want to couple that with silver. And there are multiple ways to do it, whether you're putting it into a depository account, whether you're putting it into a registered account, an RRSP, or a TFSA, a locked-in RRSP, a spousal RRSP, a lira if you're at the age of retirement and perhaps doing it that way, or whether you just want to go to the e-store, make a simple purchase and take home some silver with you. Lots of opportunities we haven't even touched base on. And one of those is also one we'll talk about in the fourth segment when we come back. But folks, this is us laying it out for you giving you the roadmap to be successful. We believe precious metals should be part of everyone's portfolio. We are not your planners. We are not your advisors. It's just simply an opinion we share with countless number of people around the world. This is the time to own it. And you are listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. All right, welcome back to the fourth segment of The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. Before we get going here, there's a lot to talk about on today's show. We've covered a lot of ground. We wore our heart on our sleeves, Jeremy, in the last segment. We put it out there. We don't often say how we personally feel. This is a show about bringing the information to the folks listening, but that was a great segment. And if you want to get in contact with us, the number to do so is one eight seven seven eight silver You call that number and I assure you somebody will contact you, take the time necessary to sit with you and answer your questions about ownership of gold, silver, and natural fancy colored diamonds. In addition to that, you might want to check out the website while you're thinking about calling us. It's guildhallwealth.com. It's a great place to go. It will talk to you a little bit about the markets of silver and gold. It will touch on the fundamentals that we have used over the years to decipher our way through these markets and tell you everything you should do in order to get that as part of your portfolio and wealth insurance. Now, Jeremy, here we go. Last segment of this week's show. There's been a lot happening. We've got a marketplace which is presenting value as we speak. Now, we've asked the question of our listeners, do you feel confident in saying that the markets at broad, i.e. stock markets, housing markets, uh, labor markets, are they likely to, from this point in time, double in size, 
Will the stock market get twice the size? Will home prices double from here? Or are they more likely to see some type of breather, maybe a pullback, or even economic calamity like we witnessed in 2008, 2009? And I think more often than not, for every 100 people you ask, 90 plus people are going to suggest that the latter is more likely. Does this mean we should be sitting, we should be sitting idly by looking for that perfect moment to pounce on these market prices, or are we seeing true value as we speak? Is this just a matter of saying we have to take that first step and get into the market? I think that a lot of times we see people getting involved in precious metals oftentimes in a very reactive way. Uh, That comes along every so often when there's the safe haven play, as they will call it, where the stock market goes down and people um, get reactive right away and they say, oh, now is the time I've got to buy insurance. But you can't buy insurance after the fire. You have to be prepared beforehand. Then there's also uh, looking at the prices and sometimes you know, looking at the prices, they're moving constantly. This is an actual asset. It's been refined. So there's different types of products. There's different premiums. How do we make sure that we get the best price? When you're talking about being prepared, a lot of the times we're talking about crawl, walk, run. Get that first experience under your belt. Get some physical product into your hands, understand how the market works, get a feel for what this in, what this industry is. And also, Guildhall will hold your hand through that process. We've got clients buying as little as 10 ounces a month to clients putting in hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And we treat everyone the same because everyone should own some precious metals. We, in our opinion and the industry's opinion, you want to have somewhere between 10-15% of your net worth in precious metals as a hedge for those things like inflation, for the growing debts, for the decline in currency value, for uh, geopolitical unrest that can, that can happen. And also, if you're doing the research and looking at the supply-demand elements, as you were discussing in the last segment, Darren, you would also look at the value of the metal. Sometimes... It can be difficult because the price is constantly moving. How do you make sense of that perfect timing of the market, which is actually very difficult? It's very difficult to catch the bottom of the market. It's very difficult to not to know when the actual peak of the market is. But what we do know is if you'd accumulated on a regular basis over the years, you're doing very, very well. Um, some people who tried to time the market maybe ended up buying silver at a peak you'd be looking at a three-month period where you might have been buying at much higher prices than where we are today versus if you were buying on a regular basis over the last uh, five, 10 years, not not only have you done more than cost average that, you're probably ahead on your investment as well. So in many respects, you want to look at the percentage of your portfolio, look for ways to start to get to add that asset to your portfolio over time and not necessarily look at the day-to-day. I can tell you from my own experience in buying gold and silver that often every single time I buy, the price goes down, inevitably. But it's okay because over the longer term, you eventually overcome the cost of the premium to get into the market, and then you let the product do its do what it's supposed to do, which is hedge against inflation, uh, hedge against geopolitical unrest, hedge against declining currency values. And the prices rise over time. You know, the price of silver uh, 15 years ago was 
under $5 an ounce. Today, it's above $16 an ounce. It's done its job. So the idea is rather than looking for that perfect point of entrance, why not consider a smaller purchases on a regular basis and maybe something like our monthly buyers program? That is, in fact, a great way to get into the marketplace. One eight seven seven eight silver is the way to do it. That is the phone number, folks, that you would call if you want to get started buying through the monthly Buyers Club. You can go online and find out a little bit of information through guildhallwealth.com. And that monthly Buyers Club, Jeremy, is a great thing that I have a multitude of clients using. They are simply putting in Uh, In some cases, automated purchases that they've set up through a broker, uh, manual purchases that they use through a broker. But either way, they're getting a weekly portion or monthly portion of silver or gold. In some cases, both. It's being prepared for them and it's being shipped out free of charge over the value of uh, free shipment there that we have on our website. So this is a great way to do it. And, And not only that, we've made it so easy for investors to get involved in this market. Payment methods in in our industry have become easier and easier across the board. We accept personal check. It does take some time to clear. We do um, debit. We've got e-transfers, bill payments, wire transfers. We even do accept Bitcoin for those that want to spend their Bitcoin. So we make it really easy for investors to get involved in this market. And I would also point out, as someone who's been in this market for over a decade, that we're in a very interesting period in this market because right now margins in this market are about as low as we've ever seen. You can get into this market where the cost over spot price is lower than we've seen in a really, really long time. But we can tell you that when the prices are higher, those premiums will go up as well in terms of it might cost an extra percent or two to buy into the market or to ensure that you get your hands on the product. My biggest contention in in the precious metal industry is that I feel that as the prices rise and as people start to flood into the market in a reactive way, that the actual availability of the product in gold and silver are going to be very, very limited. And so you are going to pay extra to make sure that it gets into your hands. I was speaking to someone this week and they were saying that other companies, you have to give them funds whether it's ten, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars, and they don't provide the product to you for several weeks. For several weeks. Imagine giving up that kind of money and just laying the trust out there that you're gonna receive your product in weeks from now and you haven't really done any business with them. This is why it's important to start small, get a sense of who you're working with, and at Guildhall we have everything for immediate delivery. And if we don't have the exact product that you are looking for for that immediate delivery, we will let you know before you make that purchase or let you know exactly how long it's going to take to receive that product. But this is also one of the reasons, Darren, why at Guildhall we have a limited selection of the type of products that we offer because we want to make sure that the clients are going to be able to get that immediately. One eight seven seven eight silver or guildhallwealth.com. Either of those two will do just fine, folks. Give us a call. We will be there to answer your questions. We're happy to do so, and we thank you for listening to this week's Real Money Show. On next week's show, we'll be talking about where we stand in the Olympics because now the Olympics will have come to a conclusion. So congratulations 
to all of the Canadian medalists. It has been a fantastic Olympics to watch, especially late at evenings, uh, but nonetheless, a lot of fun, and we like to have fun at Guildhall Wealth Management, so get yourself in here. Find out more about buying gold and silver, natural fancy color diamonds, and all the ways you can do that. Start with a phone call, one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com, the website. You have been listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.